0: Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Dear Doc Podcast. I am joined today with by a really special guest and uh, that is Dr. Matt Roberts. Now, Matt has devoted most of his life to organized dentistry and making sure that he takes care of our profession. Now, he doesn't give a whole lot of interviews and so I've asked you guys to put any kind of questions you have on the forum and we'll try to handle as many of those as we can. But for today, we're going to be getting firsthand from the horse's mouth, a legislative update about what's going on here in Texas, how things kind of work, and um, and what we can expect going forward. Matt, how are you today?
1: Well, I'm good. Um, Glad to be with you, Chris. Thanks so much for the uh, opportunity to be here. Uh, I know your members probably are uh, anxious to hear what I have to say. Hopefully, I have some good news, but I'd like to just kind of give you a, a brief background for those of you that don't know me, I am Matt Roberts. I've been practicing dentistry uh, since 1981 in Crockett, Texas, a little rural town in East Texas. Uh, been a member of organized dentistry my entire career, uh, and as the rest of you uh, are, are hit hard by the, by the shutdown that's occurred over this uh, coronavirus. Uh, as many of you remember, uh, It was only four or five weeks ago, but it seems like two years when uh, the word came that uh, it was time to shut our practices down. China had the virus raging, it had moved over into Europe, and the decision was made that we're gonna shut down the economy of uh, the United States, and with that, uh, the state of Texas. That call was made, of course, by Governor Greg Greg Abbott. And he made an executive order, which was to expire uh, midnight December 21st. That was uh, executive order, or GA09 order, And that basically told dentists that all we could do were immediate procedures that might save a patient's life or prevent them from going into an emergency room. Because at that time, the focus uh, was a great unknown, and everybody wanted to try and save all the PPE equipment for hospitals and frontline defenders of this virus. So we've progressed, and as time has kind of progressed, uh, things have really kind of narrowed down from where, in my realm, the government realm of the state of Texas, we used to deal with 180 representatives or 31 senators, and all that went away. And it's boiled down to one person, and that's the governor of the state of Texas. And as you can imagine, everybody in the state of Texas wants to be at that table trying to get whatever they need as far as help, reopening, uh, anything to make their business survivable. from the very beginning, too, I want you all to know that the Texas Dental Association has been working on your behalf. It's hard to understand because uh, everybody has an opinion on what we should have done or should do better. But from the beginning, the TDA staff, Jess Calvert, Diane Rhodes, uh, of course, Linda Brady is our executive director, and others. But I'm focusing mainly on the government side. Started opening the community or the, the channels of communication between not only um, the State Board of Dental Examiners, but various representatives, and also the governor's office. So, Chris, just, again, a little little bit more to kind of flesh some of that out. Um, Many of you remember initially, uh, we got some calls from legislators asking us if the Texas Dental Association and we as individual dentists could help uh, donate extra PPE to the frontline people in need, Mm -hmm. the hospitals. We sent that request out and many of you did donate, in fact donate to uh, either local doctors, local hospitals, and on behalf of the Texas Dental Association, I just wanna say thank you very much for being able to do that. We progressed from there to trying to see how um, how the State Board of Dental Examiners would interpret this, this order and what it meant exactly for our dental office. Uh, we were in constant contact with them. Uh, giving them ideas and updates as to what uh, we think we should see done. And we've kind of moved through, real quickly, we moved through that first executive order into the one that occurred, which was the the GA-15 order. And that's the one where the state board just recently ruled uh, an enforcement of that executive order. And what's important, I think, to our members to realize is when the other one expired, which said we could only immediately take care of the emergency patients, this order switched over and changed that word immediately to timely. Now, that timely w- wording was a little confusing to some of us. And the State Board of Dental Examiners it had a rule that said that uh, that timely would allow you to be able to do some things that maybe you were, weren't doing immediately. But then below that, they had a frequently asked questions section. And that section was in conflict with their executive order, with their rule, board rule. As, as, I understand it as a dental Association understands, so that has some confusion there and we've been working closely with the board to try and um, get them to take down that frequently asked questions page quite frankly because I think that clears things up a little bit having said all that the governor of the state of Texas contacted us uh, through the channels of communication that we'd opened last Tuesday, which was the I think that was the twenty first wasn't it twenty second anyway. And they wanted, by the close of business that day, they wanted the Texas Dental Association to give them guidelines on how they thought we could safely reopen our practices. And so in six hours time, we put together a package of guidelines, which uh, the members of the Texas Dental Association, I think anybody can go online to the TDA website and see what those guidelines are. Simple things that we think we can do in our offices and we do all the time to be able to allow us to go on and open back up safely. so where are we now? Well, the governor on this coming Monday is going to uh, give another executive order or make recommendations on how to uh, open up the business uh, of the state of Texas. We've been at the table. We've given him our guidelines. We've done everything that we absolutely could do to make it known to Governor Abbott and to the strike force how we would like to see the business of dentistry open back up, if you will. And all we can do is wait. And if, if, he, if he doesn't open that up for dentistry we respectfully are going to request a reason why because we feel like we can we can go back to business
0: absolutely i know that there's a lot of confusion out there uh, dr roberts and uh, i think that the fact that you bring up that was attached to that board order is definitely a great source of it um the the wording of the order was nearly identical and, and many thought that that's exactly what you were going to say is that it was still limited in, entirely. But the intention of the TDA, from what I understand, is that it was going to be a much broader, uh, much broader order simply for the use of that word, saying, hey, stuff can get worse, so you need to take care of something that can get worse. Is, is, is that pretty much what you guys were aiming at? Absolutely. And I think uh,
1: if you'll notice throughout all of the things that the Texas Dental Association does, we want the dentist to be able to use their professional judgment. What are they able Absolutely. to do? Their office comfortably to, to, to protect their patients, their employees. And themselves. But yes, we felt like that order uh, opened up uh, to what we could do. I mean, you know, Chris, uh, if I have a patient that breaks a lingual cusp off of a upper bicuspid and that patient's hurting, I think I ought to be able to go in there and do whatever is necessary to take care of that procedure in a timely manner and in a, in a safe manner. So we think that that's possible, uh, but I'll leave it up to each individual office to make that
0: determination. Absolutely. So, you know, Dr. Roberts, um, you, you and I have spoken several times before and uh, I've had the pleasure of of getting to serve with you um, in the TDA, uh, particularly in the house of delegates. I think a lot of people, myself included, as you recall, <laughs> most likely I was so confused as to how everything worked. I think most of us don't know how the system works and how things are done you know there's there's some people who are imagining as you said there's one guy right now there's not this whole thing of legislature uh, legislators and they imagine that when the tda picks up the phone the government the governor answers and that's simply not the way things work so can you do me a favor guide us kind of through the legislative process and i know guys this is going to bore some of you to tears but this is the prime example today of why we need organized industry and and why we need join and why we need to work in it and not just sit on the sidelines and complain because you what, what, what's the old, uh, what's the old adage? You're either at the table or you're on the menu.
1: That's right.
0: So That's talk right. to us a little bit about that, Matt, if you don't mind.
1: Right. So, uh, from a dental perspective, here's, here's how we operate. First of all, it's, it's not a rogue group of, uh, individual doctors or dentists that are trying to, to determine what it is that we ought to be able to do. We, we have policies that are set, uh, that, that guide us in how we uh, interact with our state legislature. And those policies begin at actually the local level, right at the root of where the, the dentists are in their own home community. They bring ideas and they filter those ideas up to the Texas Dental Association House of Delegates. And those House of Delegates vets those ideas and accepts and rejects them, depending on how the, the feeling of the whole house is. Right. That's, what's, that's what sets policy. And that policy tells me as the chair uh, of your Council on Legislative and Governmental Affairs, what we're going to do going forward um, in the the legislative session. Now, from that, uh, we obviously have a council that meets, and that council will work on those uh, policies that have been set. We determine the best course of action on how to go about implementing those policies. We uh, determine which ones uh, we feel like uh, need to go maybe to the House or to the Senate to begin with. Uh, We start to identify legislators on both sides of the house or the Senate that could help us in that fight. And from there, we work those, we work those policies. Um, A good example. If you you wouldn't mind,
0: if you wouldn't mind, guys, that portion of things is all done by an organization within the TDA called Clara, which Matt, you have a little bit to do with. So as dentists and as leaders in the TDA, many times we'll say things And we assume people know what we mean. But when I got there, I was so damn confused. And I'm so glad you helped to show me the ropes of what to do and who to talk to, because I never would have been able to do it myself. So let's take a step back and let's talk about this. So it's brought to the House of Delegates floor and people vote on it and people have an opportunity to come up and speak for or against it. And then there's a vote and if the vote fails or if the vote succeeds it can go two different ways and now you you've explained how we kind of jump ahead after clara but if you wouldn't mind explain a little bit about what clara does its job and how it kind of it safeguards us from making stupid rules <laughs> or rules that might have unforeseen consequences so um, so the, the the
1: role of of, of my council uh, involves not only the legislature, but it also involves the regulatory end of things. Um, many of our members probably know, but a lot of you might not know. And, and if I'm skipping around, you know, help me out That's here. Okay. But uh, we can get a bill passed through the state legislature that says, let's say, like we did last session, that says we want to have communities notify folks before fluoride is turned off because we okay. believe fluoride is a good thing. We can pass that that rule or that law but that law then goes to a certain state agency and that state agency implements that law and the rulemaking process which they might implement that law may or may not determine uh, if that uh, is done in the way that the intent was that we see. And so we work both ends of that. So Claire's role is this. We look at at, at all the House of Delegates policies that come out. What is it that they want us to try and get uh, into law? We are constantly looking at the legislative uh, arena and the regulatory arena. So is this going to be something that we need to be keeping a close eye at at the Department of Insurance? Is this going to the State Board of Dental Examiners? Is this going to a water municipality? All of those things play into what we do uh, in a timely manner. And then uh, if we see something that uh, we think needs to be added to, uh, in addition to what's uh, been given to us, we'll make a recommendation to the Board of Directors of the Texas Dental Association, which is representative across the state. And they have an opportunity through that recommendation to maybe help us implement something in between the house of delegates an interim rule, if you will, because oftentimes uh, we add to, uh, and again, a perfect example in the last session was the insurance uh, bills that we had passed, uh, of which we're well aware Chris. And uh, you know, one came out of the house of delegates to Clara and we actually added uh, two or three more to that. So we expanded upon that. And I think going forward uh uh, also to let members know just because something didn't happen in the last session doesn't mean that we won't circle back in the upcoming session and take a look at it. And teledentistry dentistry is going to be a perfect example of, of that right
0: there. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that we've probably exhibited need. Now we have to figure out how this beast works. You know, um, it, it's really easy to say, um, so, and I'm going to pick something very controversial. It's very easy to say hygienists <laughs> should give injections. Right. But how, even if a hundred percent of us agree on that, how that takes place is something that needs to be decided very carefully. And it has to be weighed and deliberated upon, which most of us are not very deliberative. We just know what we want. And then we have an idea in our picture in our head of what that needs to be, but it's taking that picture, discussing it, making sure everyone's exactly on the same page and that there are no, they're, they're, there's nothing that's not being communicated that one side thinks is gonna happen and one side thinks it's not gonna happen. And they're translating that into, into legalese to present to the legislators. It, it, it's, it's a very involved job.
1: Well, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's a job that we need membership. We need members of the Texas Dental Association. We don't work in a vacuum. Uh, Matt Roberts doesn't go around to 180 legislators. and and try to legislate for that piece of of law that we wanna see passed. We need to have local members in their own districts of these legislators. We need key contacts. And so we appreciate the fact that many of you are our key key contacts and wanna work with us to help uh, get these things passed. As you know, uh, in any issue, there are gonna be those that are for and against. And I understand the controversy, I really do. What I'm hoping to clarify today is this, we're not sitting around doing nothing. Uh, we have been working uh, specifically, for instance, in this COVID-19 crisis daily. I mean, hourly. I can't tell you. I've been on, I've been out of work for four weeks, basically, aside from emergencies and a few other things. Mm-hmm. I've worked harder in this past four weeks than I have uh, you know, back before the crisis. I'm not sure how much time I would have had to devote to this job of Clara if I'd been working, because we're on the phone, we're talking, we're constantly... Uh, making sure that we're doing what's best. And so uh, that's what I want our members uh, or your membership uh, to to realize is uh, right or wrong. You may disagree. Some people want us to open up sooner. Some people believe it or not, don't think we need to open up until this thing is completely gone away. And so we are out there working hard to do what's best for for the citizens and for the the profession.
0: Matt, what you're saying there um, rings so true to me because I get to see so many different, experiences in so many people's stories. And we, we have 21,000 dentists on, on the group. And so it, it's, it's a mixed bag. Everyone's had a different experience. Um, I think that in a very real way, there has never been a time But we, we talk about the conflict that a practitioner has as a business owner, and as a as a doctor. And we we talk about how those interests can come into conflict with each other uh, in, in, in ways that are bad for the profession. I don't think there's ever been a time where that conflict has been held been felt so sharply by so many, because everyone is in that conflict. Everyone wants their patients to be healthy. Everyone wants to make sure we're doing our part to ensure that we, we beat this thing and that, and that it doesn't come back. And 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 have to and we have to do it again, and that we haven't wasted our time doing this. At the same time, everyone feels very very poignantly how their teams need to eat and pay their light bill and pay their electric bill and their rent, as do our practices and as do we. So I, I think this is um, this is probably one of the hardest times that you could be serving on either the board or in in the TDA or the ADA or AGD. Agdd, agd, if I could say that correctly, because when people are passionate about something, people are upset about it. You guys are the lightning rod, and so I, I, I want to personally thank you, because I know the efforts that you put in. I, I've seen you in the past, the efforts and the passion that you put into this, and I can only imagine the the toll that it's taking on you and your team there. That that the very people you're fighting for are, are you know burning you an effigy in some cases. So thank you.
1: Well, we get it, Chris. I mean, believe me, we do. Uh,
0: I will tell you uh,
1: over and over and over again. um, Again, I'm going to go back to the TDA staff complaints have come in and we don't ignore those. I mean, people have been reached out to, they've been talked to on the phone. They, they've, um, well, I mean, you may or may not know, but uh, I did an interview this past Monday. Uh, it, it aired Wednesday night on KXAN out of Austin, and there's a link to that. Uh, West Rappaport, the investigative reporter. And, and how did that come about? Well, uh, a couple of ways. One, uh, they did a town hall in Austin, a Facebook town hall the previous week, and a lot of the questions had to do with dentistry. You know, when can I see my dentist? Patients want to come back. Uh, you know, how do I get in to see a dentist? What's going on? And so... We had a contact there, they, he reached out, we, we got together, and we were able to put together something that uh, um, puts a little pressure, hopefully, on, uh, on folks at the state level to say, hey, there is a need out there. And believe me, um, I mean, I'll just say it, there, the, when physicians can go back and do some of the things that they're being able to do, the, the medical board uh, made a, a rule, just like the state board, Basically the same rule, and for our dental board to say that we can't do some of the things selectively that physicians are doing, uh, it just doesn't seem right. and And that's why I'm, I'm glad I'm here. I hope this puts some pressure on them to to do some things also that uh, that we you know, open opens it up for us.
0: Absolutely. Well, I know I know the main reason behind all this was the preservation of PPE. And then whenever the CDC declared hygienists and dentists as amongst the most dangerous jobs. In this particular outbreak, Um, I I know it has a lot to do with aerosolization And, and folks, if you want to argue aerosolization versus droplets, we can argue that all day and I will win. It has to do with the nanometer size of the particles. Here's the deal, though, the fat truth of it. ENTs are going back to work. And they are creating a lot of those same aerosols. Granted, they're not using a Cavatron. Cavitron creates a nebulizing effect, which causes an aerosolization of the saliva and of what of the virus. But a common sense guideline, it seems to me would take care of that problem. Just saying, hey, you can go back to work, but you have to only scale. And, and that's what you guys did. You put that in your recommendations. Believe me, I read them like six times just to make sure I understood them. So can, can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think that that's kind of part and parcel of what you're trying to get across here.
1: Um, absolutely. That's why I brought up those two different uh, interpretations of the rule. I mean, you, you mentioned it, ENTs, uh, anesthesiologists, and when they intubate, you know, you pull an intubation tube, patients cough, right. I mean, they're spreading droplets. <sighs> uh, and yet for some reason, uh, if they're, Agreeing that they're not taking away from PPE to hospitals, they're allowed to go to work. And you and I both know we have different supply chains. We're not getting right. our PPE from any of the hospital side or medical side of the supply chain. I mean, Henry Shine, they have two different sides, and you can't go and order on the medical right. side. At least that's right. what I've been told. So I don't think we're we're going to we're going to knock down the PPE that's required. And frankly, I think we've seen the curve bent and flattened to the point where um, I'm feeling more and more comfortable that that's not going to be an issue. The issue is, can you get the PPE? And that's, that's, that's right. kind of the problem. And then how do you implement that within your own office? So that's why the guidelines at the Texas Dental Association presented to the governor, the governor has them, his strike force has them. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to circle back. We're hoping that Monday he's going to... to uh, React favorably to those guidelines and, and allow us to go back to work. But we'll see.
0: Absolutely. And, and just like you said there, um, and there, are, by the way, there are three sides of Henry Schein, veterinary, medical, and dental. It's my okay. wife's a vet. So um, yeah. she can get, man, they, they get better prices than we do, like big time. The dental <laughs> tax is a big thing. So, real big. right. <laughs> so, you know, we've covered, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, about what's going on now. I think that um, our, our listeners could really benefit from kind of a top down or a bottom up explanation of roles. Many people, um, whenever someone says, Oh, you can't do that, the TDA will get mad at you and take away your license. I'm like, It's not the TDA, it's the board. Or they'll say, You know, why doesn't the board propose a, a rule for that? That's not the board, that's the TDA. So, can we get kind of a, a bottom-up version of how does this work? Let's, do, you, do you remember the old PSA, I'm just a bill? I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill. The guy was, you know, walking up the up the legislature. Let, let's amazing. take it back. Let's about the initiation, who comes up with these bills or these resolutions, first of all? Then we already know they go to the House of Delegates to get voted on. Clara might take a hand let's just kind of follow that path because I think there's a lot of confusion there and you are, let's face it, you're the expert. So Matt, take it away.
1: Well, so if I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, um, there may be two parts to this question and I'm, and I'm going to, if I'm completely wrong, circle back, tell me, get me on the right track. All right. I think a lot of your members think that, um, the Texas Dental Association has a pipeline to the State Board of Dental Examiners, the governor's office, and every one of the legislators. In other words, we pick up the phone, call, and they, they jump. We want to get somebody on the State Board of Dental Examiners, Texas Dental Association, lets the governor know, and the governor appoints that person. And to be quite honest, that's, that's the furthest thing from the truth. While we do have influence, and we do have good influence at both the board level and the legislative level, legislators act on their own. The governor acts on his own. He has his own agenda. Uh, The governor, I think, is doing a good job. But we try to exert influence in a good way, in a positive way for the membership uh, at any point that we can. But if something goes on um, that we don't like at the state board, for example, we let them know about it. And and we've let them know that we don't think that their uh, frequently asked question sheet uh, jives with with their order. And so we don't sit back and just say, okay, well, that's the way life is. Let's go on. No, we're, we're constantly working that. Um, same thing with the governor's office. So it's not just a, uh, uh we want this to happen. So it's going to happen. And we do have a lot of, a lot of good influence. And that happens again because of member dentists and that's where everything really starts. I don't think people realize that enough. And i don 't want to make it a generalization, but a lot of times the people that complain are not the people that are involved. If you have an issue bring it if you can 't bring it, bring it to somebody within your dental society and let them forward that issue. Let them vet it at the local level, and that will work its way up the chain there 's no promise that it 's going to get uh, you know a favorable review because oftentimes there are two or three different views on how something may or may not go about but we're not in the business of killing ideas. We're in the business of trying to get ideas passed. And so we greatly uh, rely on the local membership to help us because that's really where it all starts at the grassroots level.
0: Okay. So we know that these ideas can become resolutions and these resolutions are voted on and they might become rules or, or they may be sent up to legislature to become law or law. In some instances, um, from what I understand, if you don't think because you guys play a very long game, it was interesting to to learn all of these things when I when I was up there. But some instances you just don't think like the current legislature will pass something, and so you'll simply make a statement. And then the TDA, since they've made a statement, when the legislature has something like that come up in the future, they'll take a look at what the statements of the TDA are. And I think I'm butchering this, but
1: no, I, no, I think gonna, I've got
0: the gist of it. And so because yeah. you've made a statement that it doesn't set a precedent, but what it does is it gives them guidance as to what you would approve. Is that kind of right? Talk to me a little bit about that. and What instances you would do something like that or, or even have?
1: Well, you know, you talk about playing the long game. So oftentimes if, if we get a directive from, uh, from our House of Delegates uh, on the law that they'd like to have passed, Uh, depending on the legislature and where we are and and who is in that legislature makeup, we may say this, as you just said, this is something that we're going to see if we can't uh, at least put a marker down, but we realize that this is not going to pass this session. You just know it's not. Now sometimes you know that early on in the session, sometimes later on. Um, I think one thing that that, uh, a lot of membership doesn't realize when a session is in the in the works, if you will, we may follow some 400 to 500 bills that affect dentistry. It's not just what we would like to have. Yeah. It's what other people want to do to to you and to your profession. So uh, we follow those and and, and make sure that if, uh, if something is getting traction that it shouldn't, we see if we can't help defeat that. And that's what the legislature is all about. But... Uh, the long game is definitely in play. Uh, we had a, a home run session this last session, I think, one of the best that we've ever had because we were able to get bills through. And as you know, uh, it's very, very difficult to do that. This upcoming session, I mean, I, I would tell your membership right now, you know, just just hunker down because with this catastrophic uh, economy, the budget is going to be hammered. We've got redistricting possibly, and that was going to be the number one thing that's going on. So you combine those two things and legislators typically time kind of look the other way at, at, uh, at the constituents and trying to pass anything of substance. So we don't know where we're going to be, but we're going to give it our best shot. Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of times I'll hear, um, in fact, this is one of the questions that we got and I think this it's very appropriate for, for this session. Um, we have a lot of people who say things like, well, why doesn't, the TDA pass a law that, um, will force insurance companies to pay for a PPE code to cover the increased cost of doing business. And, and there were even statements made by the ADA to that extent. Let's talk about what the, what the TDA and ADA can and can't do. Well, that's a good way, uh,
1: a good segue. So let's, let's talk about, uh, about that, the, the PPE. So, does that typically fall, would that fall under, you know, the, the, an insurance code? Yes, it sounds like it would. So, when we're talking about insurance, we need to remember a couple of things. One, the control that we have at the state level is for non-ERISA plans. Right. Uh, plans, okay. And, folks, you'll have to, you know, it's probably take too long trying to explain ERISA versus non-ERISA. But let's... Just
0: imagine. ERISA is national, guys. Yeah. that's not exactly.
1: ERISA's state. ERISA is national plans. As a rough estimate, dental plans in the state of Texas, probably about a third of them are non-ERISA plans. Those are the plans that we can that we can do a law for, get it implemented, and work with the Texas Department of Insurance to see that it's taken care of. When you're talking about a PPE code or, or a change in code, that is a national plan issue, and that's the American Dental Association that works on that, and there is a specific council that does that. I will say this, that the ADA is definitely working with insurance companies for that type of a code. Uh, they have worked with them on the teledentistry aspect of getting three or four codes that if you are you, you able to use, utilize that in your office um, that uh, you may or may not get reimbursed for, but at least they're working hard to try and do that. Of course, we know in the state of Texas right now, the state board has said no to teledentistry. So Absolutely. We, I have a question about
0: that one that you may or may not avoid later, so we'll talk about that. Okay. Later. All right. Yeah, but fit, but finish up on this one if you would, if you wouldn't mind, Matt.
1: Well, again, for my job at the state level, Texas Dental Association, we handle the we handle the state codes, and we've got some really good insurance legislation. That's always the red meat for our members. That's always the thing that we circle back to, and that we work for. To be quite honest, uh, you know, we could we could ask the TDI, but they're not going they're not going to get involved in a PPE code. To try and get the insurance companies to uh, to pay you, that's just something that's beyond the pay grade at the Texas. All right.
0: So, who is
1: TDI? That's the Texas Department of Insurance. That's the regulatory agency that oversees all the insurance companies in the state of Texas.
0: Fantastic. And you have you have a direct line to their boss, right? And anything like our bill that we wrote, uh, you can just call them and tell them to do it, right?
1: Oh yeah, right. <laughs> And no, that's not right. and You know that, Chris. So, again, that's where it's so important that when we pass a bill that affects insurance, that we make sure we get the intent correct so that when it does become law, the regulatory agencies understand. And the less confusion that there is about that, uh, then the the less work we have to try and do on the implementation side of that regulation. And, you know, to the credit of some of the insurance companies last session uh, on some of our insurance bills, uh, they were in agreement. We worked actually with, with the insurance companies and we were able to get some of these things passed. So that's right. We don't just pick up the phone and call and say, fix it. That just doesn't work that way.
0: Sure would be, sure would be nice though, wouldn't it?
1: Well, it would be. And I want to give Diane Rhodes a real uh, shout out because she is our regulatory side of the Texas Dental Association and the policy side of that. And and let me tell you, she knows the rules and regulations backwards and forwards, and she's able to help our membership over and over and over. So thank you, Diane.
0: Yeah, She is, um, she is just one of a kind, man. Um, amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. So um, <sighs> we've covered TDA and what TDA does kind of in a, a ballpark. And um, I would say if, if I had to boil it down, the TDA sets the tone and, and all of your local affiliate oh, chapters of the American Dental Association set the tone and the spirit of what we want done and perhaps even pursue making laws to enforce that and to make those statements. The board on the other hand is the not regulatory body, but the enforcement body, right? Right like the Department of is for the United States. So can you explore that relationship? And, and I know it's, at times it's a contentious relationship, but can you explore what they do and what they don't do? Well, we I mean, first of all, we
1: do. We like the State Board of General Examiner. We don't often see eye to eye, but they are a separate agency, and rightfully so, because some states have gotten in big trouble because of, uh, I don't want to like the word, but an incestuous relationship, if you will, between the dentist and the board that regulates dentists. And uh, yeah, the Federal Trade Commission has come down very, very hard on those type board settings. And thankfully, in the state of Texas, to a big degree, we're, we are separated enough because we go through the legislature. The legislature appoints the boards. Dentists do not appoint members to the board, State Board of Dental Examiners. And so they are the regulatory agency. And, and while I don't know all the inner workings Uh, they have to answer to the governor and they have to answer to the legislature. They're funded by the the citizens of the state of Texas through the legislature and they're funded through our uh, dental licenses. Uh, So they get their funding uh, through the state legislature, mainly through us as dentists because of our license renewals. But they are appointed by the governor and they answer to the governor and the state legislature. Um, But we do have... uh, contact with them. We do work with them. Uh, we do comment on almost what well, we do. We, we will comment on every rule that they propose because they have to be publicly posted, as can anybody else. We are at every one of their meetings, and so we make sure that we're looking out for the Texas Dental Association members and the member dentists based on the policy which we talked about earlier that is set by our own dentists through our house of delegates and through, through that mechanism. So Again, it's not just something that a group of uh, good old boys and girls that are up there at the state uh, capital for the Texas Dental Association, making up the rules as they go to what we want to see done. We work off of the policy of the state of of the Texas Dental Association.
0: Excellent. So, Matt, is there anything I'm leaving out? Anything else that you wanted to talk about today, Uh, just to kind of get the word out there, other than, hey, the TDA is working for you and has been since the beginning? Well um you know chris again i just want to hammer home that
1: that we aren't sitting around doing nothing you know we haven't uh, many people think when the office is shut down we just kind of hunker down but but the the truth of the matter is we've been working hard we opened the channels of communication uh between again the three branches the governor the legislature and the state board of dental examiners um we wish we could do more obviously if we had a chance to just Wave, wave our magic wand and open up the dental practices in a safe way we would do it but all we can do is work through the channels of communication with the person that can do that and that's the governor of the state of texas and uh, i really think we're going to uh, see some good news on monday and i want to reemphasize uh, if we don't it's not because we haven't tried and we would uh, really like to have an explanation as to why we can't do that uh, so chris i mean i If I can answer any more questions, I will, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for what you do. Uh, It's been a pleasure knowing you and uh, getting to meet you as you work through uh, the House of Delegates. And uh, And as I learn what the heck's going on. (laughs) You're a a fast learner and you're you're well-schooled and you're uh, well-informed. And for that, I appreciate it. And thank you for your platform that we can uh, get this message out. And uh,
0: thank you to uh, members that are listening keep the faith, we're going to open up and we're going to be good. So absolutely, Matt. And it if you don't mind real quick, I am going to ask you to do one thing further. And okay. um, first, I'm going to, I'm going to make an open invitation. Um, and it's something that we've kind of kicked around the idea about before is having more of a, uh, if not an access, then the ability to get updates on what's going on in dentistry. And because I think a lot of people just don't, they just don't really know until something like this happens and then they start asking questions. And so something we'll work together on you and I and, and the rest of the TDA is trying to put together some sort of forum where we can, we can have people feel like they have more access and and more knowledge about what's happening. Cause I think that's one of your passions is making sure dentists know what's going on. Right. Um, but the other thing I will ask is, can you tell people how they can get involved most easily. I mean, let's let's face it. This has been a disaster and it's been mismanaged in many sectors. I happen to have a little bit of background knowledge and a little bit of behind the scenes knowledge about what's going on. I know who's messed up and who hasn't. And I know a lot of people are going to want to jump in because they see something wrong. How can they start? how can they say, Hey, I want to join the TDA. I want to become active. I want to do things. What is their best route?
1: Well, the best best route to join the Texas Dental Association. Uh, If you're not a member, I encourage you to be a member. Very simple to do. Go to the Texas Dental Association website, and I believe it's tda.org. Don't hold me that. I'd have to look it up, but I believe that's it. And there's, there's a link that will join uh, that, allow you to join. And they have easy payment plans, too. Now, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's like we all say, you know, is, is the money that I'm going to spend worth it? Well, you have to determine that. But I will tell you that if nothing else, I think the, on behalf of the, the membership and non-members, because frankly, we're working for all the dentists of the state of Texas right now, uh, what's been going on in the past month and a half uh, has been well worth member dollars. Uh, component level, locally, is the best way. Call somebody at the Texas Dental Association and say, I want to be a member. How do I go about joining? And I can promise you, they will put you in contact with a human being, another member dentist that will make that call to you and personally invite you. I think that's the one thing that I see that's missing more and more today from when I joined in 1981, different times. And I understand that. uh, But, well, I had a mentor. I mean, we had somebody that would call and say, "Hey, we're going to the dental meeting. Let's go." Uh, we've gotten away from that. And I understand because everybody's busy and there's lots of things going on that, that pull that time. But call the Texas Dental Association. They'll get you involved with somebody, some way, somehow. Um, you know, call me. I don't care either. Uh, any any way that we can help, uh, the Texas Dental Association is probably going to answer your call quicker than I am sometimes because it just depends on where I am in the stage of all of this. But we're, we're available.
0: I will have to say, and I don't want to get you in trouble here, Matt. So anybody who gets upset about this, this is me and not Matt saying this. The TDA will actually answer your phone call, unlike the board. They will. So, they will. Matt, thank you so much for joining us here today. I know you are busier than you've probably ever been before right now. And the fact that you've taken some time out of your day to help to kind of Give some background to this and, and to explain what 's really happening and, and what we can expect in the future, uh, I really appreciate it well, Chris, uh, again, thank you very much for the
1: platform and uh, to the folks out there listening again keep the faith we 're going to make it work we 're going to get
0: us back open and uh, we 're going to get back to serving our patients well, thanks awesome well, guys, thank you for coming and listening to the show, joining us for another episode and wasting another hour of your life listening to sound of my voice drone on. I hope to see you here again. And I hope that if you have any questions concerning this episode, you'll post them down below where it's posted on the business of dentistry or send me an email at the at You guys have a great day. Let's all get back to work. Thanks for listening to the deer doc podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.